Optimus Solo, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Mass Mayhem, episode 13. And with me, as always, is my Thunderhawk co-pilot, TFG1 Mike. Welcome aboard, man. Hello. And in this episode of Mass Mayhem, we will be giving you our thoughts on episode 30, The Lost Riches of Rio, episode 31, Deadly Blue Slime, and episode 32, The, cons- the Conspiracy, The Currency Conspiracy. So buckle <laughs> up and enjoy the ride. That's a tongue twister right there. I guess. Conspiracy theory. That's what I was going to say. What are you doing, Rax? That's a waste. What was that thing? I made it especially for you. Will you two be quiet? Those are diamonds you're looking at, Mayhem. You're right, Vanessa. It's gold we're after. And the key to it is in this painting. You can't eat gold or anything Vanessa cooks either. Yuck. Since when can your stomach tell the difference? Forget your hunger pains, Rax. Gold is the food of the gods, and I intend to savor every morsel. So when do we get started? Right now. This painting is actually a map. A map? Exactly. And we're going sightseeing to... So starting off with episode 30, The Lost Riches of Rio, we find Matt and Scott in Rio de Janeiro for some sort of art gallery donation, of course, Matt and his ever philanthropic uh, endeavors. And one of the girls that they are visiting with uh, at the house, one of her paintings is stolen off of her bedroom wall or wherever it is, if you want to call it a painting. Um, Matt senses that Vanessa is behind it because he sees her fleeing the scene somewhat. um, Well, he doesn't see her. Scott sees her. He looks at something and says, only Vanessa's whip could have done this. I guess he's a brilliant uh, detective there. He immediately assembles the masked team. And we flip to Venom, which is discussing that the painting is really a map to lost Nazi gold. Um, And Venom is going to try to use that map to find the gold. And Mask is going to be in pursuit to try to prevent that. And we're going to have our first showdown between Mask and Venom. And, of course, the ever-present, it's been a recent trend here, cliffhanger with Scott being in trouble. We can talk about this more later, but that was not something that was ever present in the beginning of this series, but it seems to be a recent trend. Um, We go to commercial break with Scott being in trouble. Matt saves him, uh, and he plants a homing device on Switchblade to see and hear. I thought I said homing device, but it it not only tracks them, but they also can hear what's being said. Um, We switch back to Venom, who is trying to discover how to read this map or or how does they find the gold. Uh, Accidentally, coffee gets spilled on the map, which reveals the true map to the gold. So Venom then discovers that there's a homing device there, so Mask is no longer going to be able to listen in, but now they have all the information they need, so both teams head for the gold location. Uh, We do find Dusty stepping on a landmine, um, which is supposed to cause Mask to have to take a detour through uh, the jungle. Meanwhile, Venom is gathering the gold. But uh, but Mask arrives. They apparently did not have to take that detour, and uh, they force Venom to retreat, and all is well. Um, what did you think of the plot of this one? So he did say Nazi gold. I wanted to make sure I wasn't hearing things. Yes, Nazi gold. Oh, my God. I don't know. I mean, for the plot, it's kind of cool. There's a you know a, a map to some lost Nazi gold. They're both going to try to find it. Um, for that point, 
I, I don't have a general problem with the overall plot. There are some little bits and pieces that maybe, eh, but overall, it's a decent general plot. Yeah, I'm just, I'm getting sick of constantly being in other countries and other, uh, this must have been the cultural cartoon of the 80s. I swear to God, there's so many different cultures that are that are experienced watching this series. Um, That's true. It was an alright plot. I'm really getting sick of the whole treasure hunt thing. It seems like every episode is a treasure hunt. And while I know you love those kinds of things, for me, uh, enough is enough already. Do some other scheme or go after some other... Uh, I don't know. It just it's It's starting to feel like... It has been done a lot. For me, it started... And I know this didn't happen until, well... I'm trying to remember when the hell did that game come out. To me, it's starting to feel like The Legend of Zelda, where, we're sorry, Link, the Triforce is in another castle. <laughs> you know? To me, it's almost like Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Uh, because where in the world, like, you're always traveling yeah. to a different place in the world. They're trying to, like, get the loot. You're trying to catch them. They get away. You can never catch Carmen. It's, it seems like that. But, uh, I don't know. Like I said, the general plot I don't have necessarily. It's not, I'm not saying it's my favorite plot in the world, but there was no like glaring like holes or anything. There are, like I said, some minor little issues that I have that I'll bring up. But yep. you know, it could have been done fine. Um, we did see uh, a four-on-four matchup here with Venom and Mask. We have the the four regular Venom members and Mask. We have Matt, Alex, Dusty, and Gloria. I did notice that. Unless I am forgetting something, this is the first time that the computer has called two members at the same time. Um, when the team assembly is happening, mm-hmm. it says, um, you know how the computer selects the person and then they go to oh, the montage? Like it Alex, selects, it a- says, Alex Sector and, and Gloria Baker in one Well, for this thing. one, it was Dusty and Gloria, I believe. Right. They, they, you yeah. know, it says, selects Dusty and Gloria, and then they show the one sequence, and then they show the other ones back-to-back yeah. without the computer introducing each at one at a time. So that's the first time I've seen that. Um, now, what do you think? Have you... I don't know if you've noticed before. I have, um, in the past 12 episodes of the show. Uh, recently, they're starting to go away from showing the interstitial... In, instead of instead of showing the interstitial scenes as to what the team is doing, a lot of the time they're just showing their character, d- digital character profiles. What do you think of not using the... You know, well, it depends as far as what's interrupting them. It depends. I mean, I like the scenes because it's kind of cool to see a little background into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but occasionally the scenes are just lame because they don't spend enough time to put the time and effort into making them worthwhile. Um, so if, if they were going to do a good job and really show something either funny or show something that reveals part of their character, I like those scenes. Um, but I don't mind them not being there if all I'm missing is them just randomly coming up with a two-second thing that nobody thought about. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, at at this point in the series, we're, you know, 30, 32 episodes in to the series. At this point, we know that Alex plays around with animals. Bruce is a toy maker. Gloria is a stunt car driver and and karate champion. Right. uh, Dusty's the pizza boy. Um, Brad's the musician. and, And Hondo's the teacher. So at this point, there really isn't too much else that they can really it, do. You know what I'd love to see? I don't, I don't. I don't think we will see this, but I would love to see them, like one of the team members, 
contact the computer yeah, and have cool. and have Matt be selected. That'd be <laughs> like, funny. Never happened since he's the leader, but um, the other thing it seems like at the beginning maybe it was mandated that they had to have it in each episode, and it seems like now it's kind of like I don't know if it was up to the writers at this point, depending on how much time they had left once they told their story, if they could insert that in. I don't know. It just seems like it's a lot more. Uh, hit or miss as to whether it has to or not has to be in you know included and in I the think episode. The other thing is, it's also where it, maybe the computer thing of describing why mm-hmm. they're there that that person is needed to be the mission on the mission. Maybe that's taking its place. Yeah, and sometimes they're doing that, and sometimes they're not. It's like it's very inconsistent. As yeah. far as if you were to take just these sequences for all 65 uh, episodes or whatever of, of season one, you would see a lot of different variety. Um, as far as it's never the same thing for more than like four episodes in a row, um, as far as which, which, you know, visuals they use, as far as if they say why they're needed, how they say it, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they give the interstitials or not. So it's kind of interesting to see what they do each episode. Um, apparently they couldn't come to a consensus on it should be this way every time. So. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that does it for the plot for episode 30. Let's move on to uh, some of the good parts about it. So that's what mayhem is after. I've heard stories about Nazi raiders bringing stolen gold to South America for safekeeping, but I didn't think they were true. You hear that, T-Bob? Nazi gold. <laughs> that's nuts. Hold on. Mayhem's spilling us the gold dust. 45 degrees longitude, 18 degrees latitude, and 26 kilometers straight into Sugarloaf Mountain. That's it. Dankeschön, Herr Mayhem. So what were your high beams for episode 30, sir? Chimp chess. What's that funny? I, you know... It's not often that I laugh at Scott and T-Bob, but that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, apparently, that's a dusty horse. I'm so lost. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was before the racing in the woods scene. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and v- Vanessa and Rax flirting with each other. That was kind of cool to see their um, interaction with each other. That was something that we haven't seen that side of their relationship before. They'd be be a cool couple. Um, I know we've seen it before, but the mask that Matt uses... His whole outfit, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think this is Spectrum. I I, I know what Spectrum looks like. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But I don't know if this secondary mask is like Spectrum 2 or... Spectrum Ultra, or I forget what the title of the... I forget the name of the red mask, so I'm sure someone will comment or send in a voicemail saying, oh, it's this, or oh, it's that. But the whole outfit in this, it the, the mask itself, it just freaked me out. It looked like a weird gas mask. It's cool, but it's just a bit It freaked. did throw me off at first. I was like, whoa, what is this? And I almost wish there would have been at least a little bit of a... Uh, reasoning explanation somehow they would have worked that into the story as to why um, a new mask and you know basic general outfit is being used because at first I'm like is that Matt it sounds like Matt yeah Uh, he has used it before in in the series he has but just I don't know it was it was just really weird looking in this episode it it was more prominent in this episode yeah yeah finally a true Vanessa Gloria showdown yeah that's true (laughs) 
<laughs> what else do you got? What are you doing? This ain't no landing strip. <laughs> uh, that's it. What about you? Um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting that uh, at one point Matt says there might be more here than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting, obviously, uh, being Transformers fans as we are. Um, the other part was, yeah, just that I had about, you know, um, Matt's outfit, his mask, and uh, that he wasn't in the Thunderhawk yeah. um, in this episode. So I thought that was just all a little bit different for Matt as far as his look and his participation in the episode. Um, I don't have a lot of things that just jumped out at me as great about this episode doesn't mean I dislike the episode. It was one of those episodes that there was like really wasn't that bad, that much wrong with it, but there wasn't that much that I was just like, Ooh, I really like that. So, yeah. It didn't really jump out at you really. That I, much. I do agree with you though, that um, it was cool to, definitely to see Vanessa and Sly interacting like that. Uh, that was probably one of my high highlights for the episode. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think that does it for the high beams. Let's uh, let's turn it down. Oh, no! beams for episode 30 i just have a couple here um number one apparently they were unable to find any person who could sound like a young stop reading my mind dude um the girl at the beginning of this episode it's her and her mom or her yeah i assume it's her mom um but she sounds damn old she sounds like a darn adult woman there um, and it's just as weird. It wouldn't be weird if it was her alone, but when she is interacting with Scott and they're talking back and forth and Scott is actually being played by a boy mm-hmm. and the girl is obviously being played by a, not only an adult female, but an adult female that apparently cannot make her voice sound like a girl, like all other adult females can. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was jarring to hear them interacting with each other. You're reading my mind here because no, seriously, because the first number I wrote down was, okay, okay, I know we, I know we, I know the voice acting in this series is sketchy and sucks at times, but why is it every little girl voice sounds like? Uh, and it's not something that that's not something that's hard to do in the voice acting world. Yeah, it is hard for uh, an adult male to sound like a boy. You know, usually yeah. it's an adult female that has to do the boy voice. Do the do the young boy, yeah. But they legitimately have a, a a boy doing the boy's voice here, you know. So they avoided that. But it is not hard for an adult female to do a young female voice. I mean, how hard would it have been for either Gloria or Vanessa, uh, their their voice actresses, to do slightly younger? Yeah, but I mean, was there was there not even a girl around? If you couldn't, if that particular voice actress could not do it, was there no girl on set that could just stand in and read the damn lines? I don't know. It just seems like that should not have been that hard to do. It's just they didn't care and they didn't want to take the time or the money to do it. Um, so that kind of bugged me in this one. 
the cliffhanger. That was a rather long cliffhanger. <laughs> and I put the clip in the episode here, so you've all heard it. And it, it probably doesn't do it justice without seeing the visuals, but it gets to the point where it should be breaking for commercial. Yeah. And then they go back and have like another five to ten seconds of dialogue and music and then get to another point where it looks like it's going to go to a commercial and then it finally does. <laughs> like, it just was weird how they did that. It was like he was falling, Miles does the, you know, says something, shoots him, blah, blah, and he's falling. It should go to commercial there. And then it shows them falling some more and then somebody else talks and then they go to commercial. It was just weird the way they did that. Yeah. Um, and then here's one of my minor plot issues here. Scott and T-Bob are saved and the girl um, are saved in that whatever cable car that they're in by Matt welding the wire together with lasers from his mask. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> I'm pretty not. sure that's not possible. I don't know a lot about welding, but if a cable Maybe we is... we should ask Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> yeah, but if a cable is frayed yeah. and is about to break, I'm pretty sure timing your laser shots is yeah. not going to somehow meld it and weld it back together. No, it's going to break it faster, I would yeah. think. And my other big um, plot problem is towards the end, when Dusty, first of all, steps on a landmine. Yeah. They don't show anything but him stepping on the landmine. Then they show the explosion. And then when it cuts back, apparently Gloria had protected Dusty using her mask and her powers, mm. which should have been shown beforehand then. Yeah, it should have been, yeah. You, when he steps on it, it should have shown Gloria try to do something. You're not sure if it works or not. Then you see the explosion, and then it turns out that it works. It's not he steps on an explosion oh, wait, he's fine. We didn't tell you this, but Gloria protected him. Yeah. Uh, I had a problem with that. And then my other bigger problem with that is the explosion, Venom specifically states that the explosion was done to prevent Mask from being able to go directly to where they are, and they're going to have to have a detour through, like, a jungle to get to them. Mm. Regardless of if Gloria saves Dusty or not, the explosion still happens, so why is Mask able to just walk right in? They, I mean, a few seconds later, they are at the same location of Venom, so they did not take a detour whatsoever. Yeah, that's nuts. So that was not a good job in the writing of that little sequence to, to say that that was the reason why they set the landmine, but then to either, number one, not explain why they didn't have to take the detour or the fact that they just took the fastest detour ever. Yeah. Um, so I have a problem with those little parts of the plot. Really, the only thing that, like I said, I, I didn't find a lot good or a lot bad about this episode. It was just a, you know, a decent episode all the way through, kind of just not bad, not good. Um, but these couple things kind of knocked it down a little bit for me. Yeah. What about uh, oh, God. Okay, I know we have four members for Mask in this one, but... For me, unless the whole team is at Boulder Hill, it makes no fucking sense to do the long assembly sequence. I really hate when they do the whole sequence at Boulder Hill when there's only three fucking people there. Yeah, that's true. That, it's like an empty room with three people. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense to me. Um, another 
I don't know if this is a cliffhanger or a scene. In, I don't know what the hell it was. I, I'm calling it a scene interruption. There's a scene interruption where Mayhem gets cut off when he says, and we're going sightseeing too. Yeah, and that's And, in, and that's then it just fucking stops. Yeah, we included that in the episode too so people can hear that. Uh, that was weird. It was like uh, he was basically explaining the, the Venom's plan and explaining yeah. what's going to happen. And then he says, we're going to go sightseeing too. And yeah, you're right. It just cuts off completely. It just cuts off completely and goes to mask will be back after. And it's not like that is how the sentence was written. It is cut off as if he was about to say another word. Right, exactly. And I, I, you know, I know that we're talking about these scene cutoffs and we've talked about them the past 12 episodes. I fully blame the episode masters, the, the series master tapes. For this, I do not blame Shout Factory at all for for the versions that are on their DVD set because they can only use with what you know what's given to them by Deke or whoever the hell owns Mask at this point. You know what I mean? So right. it's you know us pointing out these scene interruptions is more so. Did this shit really happen when it aired on television? Because I honestly can't remember if it did. Uh, so it's not us bashing Shout Factory's DVD set. It's just the way that the masters are apparently where sometimes it'll just cut you off in mid-sentence and it's like, well, fuck, what the hell? And then when it came back, it did. It wasn't even I, – I don't I don't even remember. I'm so mad. I don't even remember. <laughs> when it came back, did he finish the fucking sentence or no, no, no. Did it start over at at him telling the plot again? No, it left that scene completely. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, he said, we're going to go sightseeing, too, and then it went to a different scene. Uh-huh. Um, it um, was just a weird the way that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Matt can act in a dangerous situation and scream Scott's name. I mean, I get that. He is scared for his son and all. However, that was a bit of bit of overacting, I think. <laughs> Nonsense. In this, ep- in this TV series, so. <laughs> over and underacting. Eventually, they're going to hit it right on the money. The team, and we, we've, we've seen scenes like this before, but the team laughing at T-Bob after he saves the kids, it that just seemed off to me. It wasn't yeah. like, I don't remember him telling a joke or some, a bad joke or something or, you know, saying somewhere, you know, some stupid pun. They just laughed at the, at the little robot. I'm like, really? What the hell are you people laughing at? <laughs> um, and, and again, um... Scott's continuous laugh at the end of the episode was nauseating. It just nauseated me. I mean, it was a good laugh, but I don't know why it was going on so long. Yeah, it was way too long. Um, Unused fridge? What the hell? That is something we will have to talk about in a little bit, that's for sure. No, I know, I know. I mean, well, you know, that's part of my thing when I write my notes down is if I don't write down about the PSAs, I'll forget about them. So, uh, but that's all I got for low beams for this one. All right, let's get the hell out of Rio and uh, let's head to a new location. I just don't like it, smuggling illegal ivory out of Africa. So forget it. We're clearing out at once. You want to throw away a fortune in ivory? Chicken feet. Peanuts compared to what I'm after. I've just been tipped off by a laboratory technician on Mount Kilimanjaro that there's something big on the loose up there. Something deadly eats everything alive. What is it? No one has seen it. And I ain't gonna be the first. Of course you will, Rex. The value of that monster on the mountain is beyond belief. 
Once we control it, we can blackmail every country in the world to pay us billions, or we'll let it loose. Yes, folks, apparently there is an episode out there of a cartoon entitled Deadly Blue Slime. Um, perhaps the worst titled episode that we've come across so far, but that is the title of episode 31. We start with two scientists talking about different experiments and whatnot and what would happen if they did this or that. Um, then their lab is attacked. We kind of leave that for a second. We go back to uh, Boulder Hill, in which case Scott and T-Bob have an interesting discussion about luck and skill as they're playing video games against each other, which <laughs> uh, you'll hear about in a little bit, included in this episode. Uh, then the scientists contact Matt. Um, they're telling them about what has happened. So Matt takes Alex and the kids to Africa to investigate. Uh, he's going to leave Scott at the zoo with T-Bob as uh, Alex and Matt uh, do the investigating. We then find out, uh, switch to Venom, who talks, they're talking about smuggling ivory. Apparently they were doing that, um, but we're not going to go with the whole black rhino elephant thing here. This is not a, a PETA episode or anything like that. So apparently they're going to stop smuggling ivory because they want to find out what's causing the havoc, and they want to use this deadly blue slime to blackmail the world. Meanwhile, we go back to Matt and Alex, who discover the blue slime. They see it, uh, and Matt says, whoa, what the heck, time to assemble the team. So we, we can, And he specifically says, assemble the team to combat a deadly new life form. And he also tells the computer that Alex is pre-selected. The computer says, deadly new life form, we'll give you Hondo. And that's it. <laughs> um, so it's going to be the three of them, Matt, Alex, and Hondo in this one. Uh, meanwhile, we go back to Scott, who is at the zoo. The zoo animals are being scared off. The blue slime is headed for Scott and T-Bob, and we go to commercial break. As I said, this is a trend that doesn't seem to be going away. Yeah. Um, we come back from the commercial. T-Bob saves Scott by holding him over the water, and the slime envelops T-Bob, but Scott is fine. Apparently, the slime won't go near the water. We'll find out why later. Matt arrives. And uh, they try to analyze the slime and to figure out what's happening. Venom is also kind of lurking in the distance on, on the scene, basically. Um, T-Bob is saved, and they discover, because uh, anchovies, potato chips, and the water have not been touched by the slime, that it doesn't like salt. Um, which, scientifically, Matt explains salt uh, has adverse effects to whatever they're calling this protoform or whatever it is. Um, so then they come up with a plan to insert T-Bob back into the slime um, to use... And the, the, the plan here is that Thunderhawk will lift the slime away using T-Bob in a way and uh, carry it over water and drop it into the salt water and it will be done. Um, but Venom doesn't want to have that happen, so they show... you know they attack we have our showdown again meanwhile scott is trying to save a little pet deer um a little baby deer or some sort that the slime is about to hit and miles sends sly and cliff to collect samples while he is uh, you know doing the attacking of the mask team yeah matt to counter that sends hondo after sly and cliff thunderhawk meanwhile does drop successfully drop the slime in the water which crumbles into dryness in pieces and falls in the water and is apparently done after it does like a little squeal uh venom gets away but matt has uh put a homing device on them again we have a lot of that homing device stuff happening um but venom has samples 
Except for when Miles checks in with Sly and Cliff, neither one of them got samples because they thought the other one probably had enough and they didn't want to touch the stuff. Um, it was funny watching them try to like get samples with like it looked like an exacto knife type thing, <laughs> little <laughs> tiny tools of this big huge slime thing. Um, so yeah, the slime is taken care of and no samples are out for Venom to have, and everybody can live happily ever after. Um, what did you think about the deadly blue slime, sir? Plot wise. <laughs> I, outside of your amazing plot synopsis, just hearing what the episode is about again, I almost fell asleep just now. Uh, <laughs> honestly, my only plot note I wrote down for this was, um, boring episode. This episode was so fucking boring. It was just like, what the hell? See, I didn't find it boring, but what I am finding is that we basically now i'd really have to do a little analyzing breaking down of all the episodes but it yeah. seems like there's a handful of plots that we yes. are recycling in different ways yes. we have our treasure hunter find gold find lost treasure whatever yeah plots. and then we have our some type of critter insect slime creature ooze or something is wreaking havoc, and we got to find a way to combat that. Yeah. And there's a couple others that we could throw in there, but those are the two, obviously, that we've just recently talked about. So it seems like that. I think it's a, a fine idea here that we have, you know, I like the idea that the scientists were doing something, um, that this, this thing is eating up stuff, and we got to, you know, it's a cool idea to try to have to discover as you watch the show what is the weakness of this thing. Yeah. I, I also like the fact that it is, it takes the, um, the center is not on actual venom. That's not the main culprit here. Yeah, you know that it switches it to it's something else, and that venom is just trying to use that or trying to like take advantage yeah. of it. So I like that part um, of these plots. Like I said, it's been done before. I didn't find it as boring as you probably did. Um, my, my biggest thing here is, as far as the plot goes, is I didn't find plot holes in this one. Yeah. As we did with the previous episode we talked about. So it's not like it was like, you know, a spectacular plot, but they seem to have done it right where there wasn't stuff that said whether it was boring or not, there wasn't things that you're like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it at least made sense. I'll give it that much. And um, for team members, it was a three on three. We, we keep our even matchups going. I already mentioned it was Matt, Alex, and Hondo. Uh, we are minus Vanessa on this one. So it's just Miles, Sly, and Cliff. Yeah. I. I don't know. I don't know what it was about this one where it's like, like, I, I do agree with you about the fact that it was a slightly different episode and it was focused on this thing versus, you know, the next dumb Venom plot. Um, and then they, and then they were just going to use it. But at the same time, it's like, it's I, all, it's also the first time expecting, we've seen, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I, I don't know if it's me looking back on these these cartoon series but i'm spec i'm remembering and expecting more than what is actually there you know uh, what I mean? the rose colored glasses are coming it's, off it's not even that i mean i know you know in in the past 11 you know 12 episodes we've reviewed nearly well even even in this episode we've gotten just over 30 episodes of the show i know and i knew when we started this journey out doing mass mayhem that i knew there were only Certain aspects of Mask that I absolutely love: the theme song, the 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 original first episode team assembly, that kind of stuff. 
and I knew that this show wasn't like I I've never had rose colored glasses for this show, but at this point I'm expecting them to knock my fucking socks off, and it's just not happening. I'm my biggest problem here is we're thirty episodes in, yeah, and. I, I I understand that there is a a large well not large but there is a decent sized mask team and we see different people from episode to episode at, at times I mean we seem to see certain people more often but whatever but uh, from a Venom standpoint it, we've been on the same four bad guys for thirty episodes now yeah and at some point you got to switch it up I know a lot of the cartoons waited until you know season two they'd introduce new things or you know season season by season they would introduce new things yeah. but the problem here is it's you could do that if you were changing up the plots and the stories enough but mm-hmm. when you have the same story and the same plot and the same four characters over and over and over again they need to flip the script here they need yeah. to switch something very soon um I mean, you know, and I I know this is kind of going off on a tangent here in the plot of this episode, but if you look at, um, look at He-Man and Masters of the Universe, Skeletor has all of these evil warriors that he just calls, he just calls upon whoever he needs for that mission or that specific thing versus this cartoon where it's these, you know, it's, like I said in... In, in the last episode review, I would love to be able to see an episode where Matt isn't in charge and someone else has to have him assembled. I know that'll never happen, but that's the, I, I think that's one of the problems with this with this series is that my Miles Mayhem and Matt Tracker are the leaders of their respective teams, and that will never change. And I would like to take a put a disclaimer in here. I please do not call or comment on episode posts or leave us voicemails telling us what's going to happen in the future. Um, I'm not trying to be mean here, but we're watching this uh, as we go for the first time in over a decade, two decades maybe. Um, And and let us discover this stuff at our, you know, if we're saying we're waiting for this to happen or we're we're waiting for that to happen, don't leave us messages and say, well, that's never going to happen or, well, that happens in episode, blah, blah, blah. Let us discover that on our own, please. I mean, you know, and I I know for a fact me wanting the team leaders to not, you know, to be in a situation where they they can't lead the team. I know, even though I haven't watched, you know, ahead. Well, I kind of have, but anyway, in, in preparation for future recordings. But um, I know watching this series that my want of that is never going to happen because yeah. that that was the status quo, and you don't. Well, the other thing I've always wanted, and, and it happened in a lot of other cartoons in this time period, was where uh, you'd have an episode where, you know, the bad guys weren't in it. You know, I've been waiting for an episode that doesn't involve Venom. Yeah. Just put Mask out there with some type of problem, some type of disaster, some type of thing that needs to be solved that doesn't have to involve Venom. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't be saying that if there was more than four Venom members but I need a break from the same four people. Yeah. Um, and other shows did it successfully. It's not like, I know it seems like it's like, well, that's what, you know, everybody expects the bad guys to be in there. But, you know, there's episodes of, of certain shows that don't have the main bad guys in it. Um, so that would be cool to see. But, you know, and and not to be the whole, oh, we're Transformers fans and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm going to reference G1 again. There's an episode, I think it's called Triple Takeover, where... 
Astrotrain and Blitzwing go out on on their own and try to take, you know, you know, he Astrotrain takes over a, a train yard as his base and and Blitzwing takes over a football stadium as his his base and they have some weird plot. I don't remember what the hell it was off the top of my head, but it's like Megatron wasn't even there's the episodes of Transformers that don't have Megatron. There's episodes of G.I. Joe that don't have Cobra Commander. Yeah. Um, we'll find out. I assume that there's episodes of He-Man that don't have Skeletor. Um, maybe not, but we'll find that out. But a lot of the sh- shows had times where it was either the minor villains or just none of the arch, you know, none of that group. And it was just humans that they were dealing yeah. with or something like that. Uh, I just need, like I said before, I just need something to change in this. It cannot continue the same thing for 30 Five more episodes. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let's get to the high beams of episode thirty-one. Pow! There goes your last fighter, T-Bob. Lucky shot, T-Bob. How come all my victories are lucky shots, while yours show the skilled hand of a master? Easy. Robots are not subject to human error. Except in your case, I built you, remember? So that explains why you just beat me. I must be programmed to lose. <laughs> Don't be such a sore loser. So for the high beams of episode 31, because I did actually enjoy this episode, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't with that tangent that we were going off on before. Mm-hmm. Um, for once, I actually thought, outside of one, that the guest character voices were actually good in this episode. Um... I liked the two scientists that were talking at the beginning because for once I was like, oh, that's not just a bad version of this guy's voice or a slightly modified version of that guy's voice. The mm. two scientists actually sounded decent. I think one of them was the same guy who does T-Bob in a way. Um, so that was decent. There was another guy that came in later that wasn't quite as good. But the guest character voices were decent in this one, which is strange. We don't usually see that. Um, the clip you just heard, I I liked that they put in a clip of Scott and T-Bob who were playing video games, not only talking about luck versus skill, but talking about being a sore loser or not. I just thought that was the type of thing that a good way to use Scott or T-Bob to try to have like a teaching moment or to give something that kids that are watching the show could relate to. Mm. Because everybody played video games with their friends and there had to be times where, you know, people were like, oh, that was pure luck or, you know, oh, that was skill or, oh, you're a sore loser. So I thought it was cool to put that in there and to kind of show it in the way that they showed it. Um, so I was a fan of that. Yeah, I agree. And I thought um, that it was kind of cool that, again, that we had a, something natural was the cause of the problem and Venom wasn't the problem directly. And I kind of thought it was cool for the first time that we see Venom mid other action you know they're in the middle of another plan of theirs and they scrap it or stop it to divert their attention to this natural phenomenon that's going on you know I thought that was kind of cool to show that they are doing other things that we don't see you know there are things that they're doing that Mask might not find out about or you know what they're doing when they're not involved in the Mask showdown type thing. Right, yeah. Um, and I know we kind of saw it before a few episodes back, but for me this was basically the new helmet debut and the new look debut for Hondo. Yeah. Um, it seems like it was the first time that you really got to see it in action and really see it, you know, 
be a prominent part of the episode, and I like it a lot better than his old look. Yeah, I do, I, I, I do too. It, it's it actually makes more sense than just having a. a and maybe we can put a. We've been talking about it with this episode. Maybe we can throw in some images to the to the post here of of Hondo's new look of of Matt's alternate look. Um, you know, if we can get that in the post, that'd be cool for people to look at. I just gave you homework. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have for high beams for this for the deadly boost line? Um. Uh, uh, I actually only have three. I don't. I, I, again, I was. This episode bored. bored me to tears, so I didn't write a lot of stuff down. Did you really cry? No. Oh, good. <laughs> Not literally, you don't. Mask made me cry. Uh, well, the blasted, bungling, blithering. <laughs> I love that from Miles. That was funny. I almost recorded that for the episode. Uh, well, now you have homework. Go back and do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, that was the only thing I wrote down about the episode. The rest, the rest of the shit is about the PSA. Everybody should have a buddy. Yes, this is a good message about swimming. Um, but um, I thought T-Bob hated water. Yeah, we're very inconsistent with what T-Bob can and can't do and doesn't <laughs> like to do or does like to do. Oh, God. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. I don't... You did not like this episode nearly as much as I did. No, not at all. All right, well, I'm afraid to do this, but let's transition into the low beams. Dad, are we going to the lab to see whatever made that mess? We are splitting up. I am going to the lab... You and T-Bob are going observing. All right, so I know you were somewhat uh, bored with this episode, but was there anything that actually angered you? Do you have any low beams for this one? (laughs) Oh, God. No, I mean, (laughs) I've got two things written down, but it's, it's just... This episode bored me, but it bored me to the point of i just don't give a shit about this episode like nothing like really stuck out no no bad animation errors stuck out to me no bad voice acting errors stuck out it just it was just a meh episode but i did write two things down um what's a new oh alex because <laughs> the way he says it is he, he doesn't say what is new he said he says what is a new yeah, and you'll and they'll get to hear that in the at the break, so they'll get to know exactly what we're talking about. And there was there was just way I, I the the only thing I noticed for Lobeam was there was way too many bad puns in this episode. There was a, there was a few. It wasn't like the a few weeks ago or whatever when there was every other sentence, but there was yeah. a few scattered scattered here and there. <laughs> too many. What about you? Did you have anything that? That was really uh, like that I, for you. Well, like I said, I didn't have any like major plot holes that I that I thought was you know taken away from the episode. That wasn't bad writing per se, as far mm-hmm. as the plot goes. Um, I only had a couple. There was one glitch uh, that I noticed, and it was at near the beginning. Once they get to uh, Africa, mm-hmm. and Matt is explaining something to I believe Scott and possibly Alex at the time, and they go to like a a scene where the angle is from above and we can see the back of Matt who is then talking to people in front of him. And as the scene happens, you see his hands moving like he's talking, 
but nothing is happening. <laughs> there is no audio. And then a few seconds later, his audio starts. So it was just like it, there was an awkward pause where he's moving, but his voice has not yet started. Um, so that so was go back to the Wayne's World thing. It just wasn't quite synced up. So that was the only like little technical glitch I saw. Yeah. Um, the other ones were just kind of like little minor things that I, I, I didn't think the slime was done real well. Yeah. Um, it looked like a weird waterfall type amoeba thing. I just didn't think it was done as well as it could have been done visually. Um, and the other thing, there was at one point where Matt and Alex, I believe, stopped to do something, investigate the slime or, or something. And Matt is in his full outfit and mask. Alex is in his clothes with no mask or anything. <laughs> and it's when they find Scott. And, and I was confused as to why Alex was not ready for anything and Matt is in full gear. And then it cuts away or, or Alex goes somewhere and then it comes back and now Alex has his mask on. Yeah. Um, it, I just didn't see how that, I mean, apparently the masks are just something laying around that you can put on and off whenever you want. Um, they're just like a baseball cap, apparently. Mm. I, I just, I just thought he should have been in his mask in full gear that whole scene. If Matt was, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, it makes no sense if, um, and Matt has specifically said this when he's not in his gear, when he's in his civilian mode. He's like, oh, I have a bunch of friends that might be able to help out or whatever. You know, they've made re- – I'm going to reference Power Rangers here. But, it, you know, it's kind of like Power Rangers where they have to reference the Rangers even though they are the, you know, they are the right. Rangers. And the same thing with this is they have to reference themselves even though they are the team. But it would make absolutely like, – If one of them's in disguise, the other one better be too. Yeah, exactly, and it and it and it it, it wasn't like because it specifically showed them being together. They were in the same scene. It wasn't like One of Alex them was up. well, right? It, well, it, it, yeah, it, they were both together the whole time. Right, exactly. It, it wasn't like Alex was in danger and Matt just happened to be suited up and be like, "Oh, ex- you know, excuse me, Mister what, whatever your name is." I they, just they drove you. to the damn place together. Hey, <laughs> no, yeah, it's like seriously. <laughs> Like, Alex, put on your mask. You forgot it. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, so it was just little minor things like that. There was no major plot holes that I had. It was just, like, little minor glitch-type things or just, you know, somebody that wasn't quality checking, I guess. Um, so that was it for the deadly blue slime. I didn't find it as boring as you did. I actually thought it was a decent episode overall. Um, but I'll talk a little bit more about it in the closing of the show, and we can move on to where are we going next? Oh, yes, the currency conspiracy. More tanks and hoses like this in back. Venom is one fire department that never volunteers. You can bet your last Deutschmark von Hauser hired Venom to launder that money. Laundered it? Why, they washed it clean away. But what in tarnation for? Destroying every last Deutschmark is a spectacular revenge for a former finance minister who was caught embezzling the public's money. It all makes sense. What about the hoses, tanks, and airplane engines? You can lead a horse to water, but a virus must be spread. All that junk to spread the virus? As the world turns. Let's see, we've been in Rio, and then we've been in Africa, and now we are going to Switzerland. Um, Currency Conspiracy takes us to Switzerland, where Matt and Scott are there. Um, Scott goes to uh, do the currency exchange with his money. But the ink on the money is disappearing. 
Matt has the computer track any leads, and we discovered that the lead is Baron Fritz von Hauser. He's suspected of being involved in this. Matt says, that means it's time to assemble the team. And we also get the vehicles equipped for cold terrain, since we're going to be in Switzerland. Interesting side thing here. Scott willingly says that he will sit this one out. He will take this mission off, because he wants to get his dad out of his hair so he can eat chocolate. Um, anyway, we then see Baron Fritz von Hauser and Miles Mayhem having a meeting of the minds. Uh, Mask shows up. There's a little showdown here. Cliff shoots Switchblade. Um, he was trying to shoot Bruce, but he sw- shoots Switchblade, which actually saves Bruce. Bruce falls down to the snow and is not hurt. He is saved. Um, Dusty, meanwhile, is headed for a wall of ice, and we get our ever-present cliffhanger here. Will he hit the ice? Will he not? We will find out after the commercial break. Um, Mask lets Venom go so that they can save Dusty, and then Mask figures out how the ink is disappearing and what Venom's plan is with this money and how Van Hauser, or Von Hauser is involved. We find Scott and T-Bob accidentally hitching a ride with Sly. And it all leads us to another showdown. Mile double crosses Hauser. Um, they try to release this virus that's going to do damage to all the money. Scott grabs the briefcase full of gold. Matt basically scares Venom off. And they retreat and everything as well. The virus is non, not successful. They have the briefcase full of gold. Everything is good and dandy. Um, it's a four-on-four again. Even matchups all day today. Matt... Bruce makes his first appearance of this episode, Buddy and Dusty against the four traditional Venom members. So what did you think of the plot of the currency conspiracy, which I have trouble saying? <laughs> I I liked it best out of the three today. Uh, at the same time, it isn't as cool as uh, the counterfeit caper, the counterfeit conspiracy, whatever the... Oh, Whichever the one that they were in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, the counterclockwise caper, that's what it is. Um, it wasn't as good as that episode. Um, the overall plot, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, I find it hilarious that uh, Venom wants to take this, you know, one step further. And Hauser's like, no, no, I just wanted them to notice me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's kind of weird. I... I enjoy the fact that we are plot-wise that we're involving a, another villain of some sort, a, yeah. a a notable bad guy, you know, that has a history of being bad. Yeah. Um, you know, he comes up on the computer as a lead, so I like that they involve that. I don't know if I can fully get behind the whole idea of the plot involves making the ink disappear off of money, which is going to make all the money in Germany disappear and there's a virus involved that's going to do that and it seems that part of the plot was just dumb because most countries even here in the u.s the mints are constantly printing money yeah and so is so is this virus going to be around for all time where it erases every single uh, that 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 was part of the plot that was really it's, just, it's not feasible that you could erase all of the ink off of a dollar bill or whatever currency you're using it's not going to become a piece of paper that just looks ordinary like whatever it is it's still going to look somewhat i just don't understand how this was supposed to work i don't i can't wrap my brain around this one mm-hmm. it seems 
seems a weird plot to me. That's the only problem. I don't have a problem with the involvement of the other guy and of the actual action of the episode. It's just the basic premise of the money thing really kind of threw me off on this one. Same here. Well, we'll find out what was good about this episode next. Now you two stay here in town. Keep out of trouble, okay? No problem, Dad. Don't worry about us. T-Bob and I'll sit this one out. Right, T-Bob? Uh, uh, of course. Uh, you know I hate missions. So first up for the high beams, I'm going to mention a few because I don't have that many. I already talked about a partner in crime for Venom. I thought that was a cool dual, uh, you know, dual bad guys, and the, you know, I think it could have been better done as far as double crossing and stuff like that. But I thought it was cool that there was two main villains in this one. Yeah. Um. I believe we see a new or different or at least a mask that I'm not familiar with on Buddy. Um, you know, maybe someone more knowledgeable can point this out, but it seems like apparently around the halfway mark of season one, we couldn't introduce new characters. Um, we definitely couldn't introduce new Venom agents, but we could introduce new masks, new looks, and, and possibly new vehicles for the already there mask agents. I think this was just, I, I actually went back and I looked at this because it, it, it's green and purplish type of the, or it's green and blue or it's, it's, it's green and it's a slightly different shape um, than the other version of it. It's as far as I can tell, it's still penetrator. It still has. The yeah. Pen- he says it's penetrator cause he uses it in this episode. It's but, just a, I, I think it's a different animation design. I think maybe different. Get a hold of it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it was part of the story where they intentionally changed it. It might have just been the animator didn't see the the design of what it's really supposed to be, and they just went with it. Uh, I just never uh, remember it being that solid green like I saw. No, it wasn't. It used, no, because he's oh, he's usually when he suits up. Because um, it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense. Because he has um, oh god, Condor. Yes, I remembered it, Condor. Um, he has the motorcycle helicopter thing, and that is green. And his outfit, or his well, not his outfit, but his his helmet was always yellow to to distinguish the difference. Because if you had a completely green uniform on a green vehicle, you would just blend into it. Yeah. So I don't know. It just seems like we're getting a lot of different looks for different people, whether intentional or not. Um, yeah. I like the new looks. I just I'm not 100 percent sure if I'm supposed to be seeing it or not. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I mentioned, I kind of like that fact. That I don't necessarily agree with the reasoning, but I like that Scott willingly sat this one out. Yeah, I thought you. it was nice that for once he was like, "Oh, I don't need to be a nuisance and be involved in everything. I have, I'm a kid, and I have other desires, and I want to do kid things. And so, go away and leave me unsupervised as usual, and I can <laughs> enjoy myself." I thought that was interesting. <laughs> what about you? Uh, okay. Um... <laughs> Positives about the currency conspiracy. <laughs> and T Bob's gonna watch out for them goats, man. That goat attack was hilarious. T Bob <laughs> and goats do not get along. Um No no scene hijinks during the team select, yet during assembling it is the long no music version. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, Scott and T. Bob are just having fun without having to get involved in the mission. That you know, I, I did. I like that that whole thing. Um, I thought that was interesting. I thought that he actually volunteered to stay behind. Yeah, stay behind. And I, you know, 
and the whole thing was, oh, I, I want to eat all the chocolate in Switzerland, blah, blah, blah. That, that, that was a poor choice, but still. Um, let's put the Frosty Baron in cold storage. Oh, bad line. I, 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 laughed, and I laughed at it, but it's still, it's a bad line. Well, if you laugh at it, it's apparently a good line. Yeah, I know, but still, it's 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 one of those pity laughs where it's like, oh, you just roll your eyes at it. That's all I got for high beams. All right, well, let's see what the opposite holds for us. There's only one thing I want to buy here. Swiss chocolate. Hey, T-Bob, you look pretty good. <laughs> really, it looks good. But I'd rather eat chocolate than be in shape. I'm going to spend all my money on chocolate. So the low beams for the currency conspiracy. I'll eventually be able to say the title of this episode. (laughs) Um, I can't believe they got away with this. But I said I liked that Scott was willing to sit this one out. But I don't like that at the beginning they actually let him have the line, I'd rather eat chocolate than be in shape. And nothing bad came of that. Yeah, no. no scolding from his father. No, you know, maybe they, it would have been fine if at the end of the episode they showed him being sick from eating too much chocolate. Yeah. Or, or something, an adverse reaction. But to just let the kids say, I'd rather eat chocolate than be in shape, and then pass that off as that's okay. I know he's a kid being a kid, but it just seemed weird in a kid's cartoon that we would let that line go through with no consequences. Especially in the 80s when it was all about the PSA. Yeah. I mean, come on. Or if they would have just worded that line different so he didn't say then rather than be in shape. Yeah. Like, sounding like there's something wrong with being in shape. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, at one point, a mask member lassos the helicopter from the ground. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Pretty sure, number one, that you couldn't throw the lasso that far. No. Pretty sure, number two, that no one would be accurate enough to lasso a helicopter. And pretty sure, number three, if you did somehow get the lasso that far to get close to the helicopter, I'm pretty sure the wind that is generated from a helicopter's blades would ensure that the lasso never actually reached the helicopter. Yeah. So that was just a lame sequence. Bruce should have had a funeral at the end of this episode. Yes, he should have. Because I don't care how soft the snow is, when you fall from Switchblade to the ground, and Switchblade was not on the ground, it was up in the air, Yeah, you're dead. Or you have a broken back or neck or something. Yeah. Um, And my my only other one, and I'll let you comment on these, uh, the Buddy and Dusty voices are so inconsistent. Yeah, they were in this episode. Like, sometimes I can't even tell which one's talking, Sometimes it seemed like we had the wrong voice for the wrong character. Sometimes the voices seemed more like the one had more of the country bumpkin sound to it than it normally did. I don't, they're just the voices are all over the place for those two characters. Go ahead. Um, God, this makes absolutely no sense. All right, so there's a scene in this episode where. Rax spots mask and said and radios mayhem and says that there was company. So seriously, mayhem Rax radioed you and said that there was company yet. You are surprised when you leave the house to see them. (laughs) 
it it specifically shows Slyrax reaching for his radio and said, "We have company," and it it doesn't show that Miles has a reaction to it at, at that time. But like five minutes later, or two minutes later, however, however long later it is, when when you know Miles realizes, "Oh shit, it's Mask." It's like Mask. What are they doing here? He just fucking told you that they were <laughs> there. You idiot. <laughs> Uh, go, 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 going off of what you said, my question is, why couldn't Bruce use Lifter on himself instead of crashing into the snow? I, I mean, seriously, he uses Lifter on every other fucking thing. Why can't he use it on himself? Or someone used something on him. He just literally fell, and then they just showed him plopping onto the snow on the ground. Pretty much, Like yeah. Like, the kids are just supposed to say, oh, he fell on snow. That doesn't hurt. You're safe <laughs> if you fall on snow. It's soft and fluffy. <laughs> Made of clouds and kind of. Not when you're falling 20 feet from a (laughs) helicopter. Pretty sure it's going to hurt just as much as you falling on the ground or anything else. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Well, I mean, it wasn't like it was eight foot deep snow that you had a cushion there. Yeah. The don't skate on thin ice thing, yes, it is a good message. But at the same time, uh, is anyone, not, not even just kids, is. Are like you know hockey players that skate on on um, on on ice ponds and all that stuff, or just re- you know re- regular people that skate. Are they actually going to check the entire thing to make sure that it's not thin? I and and the whole thing of T Bob back in a fucking water. <laughs> oh God, that's all I got. My head hurts. Ow. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break then. You're going to get to hear some snippets that we've talked about already about these episodes. And uh, at the end, you're going to get to hear a variety of Bruce's words of wisdom. So we'll be back after this break. Long falls and close calls make nervous bedfellows. You can now hear the KeyCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear KeyCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Geekcast Radio when you register. Hardly. According to this, the virus doesn't attack people. But it might be deadly to currency. Bruce, you said you had a fresh Deutschmark. Ah, a toy maker and his money are soon parted. Hey, listeners. Animation aficionados will be recording a Slayers episode in late August or early September. Between now and then, we want you to send us a recording of yourself doing the Naga laugh. The most outrageous laugh or laughs will be played on the show. Send an MP3 of yourself to neil at animationaficionados.com. <laughs> Can't we stay a little longer? Young man in hot water longs for the snow. What's that mean? 
means you forgot one tiny detail during your vacation, Scott. Like leaving the town without permission. Uh, you know, T-Bob, now that you're all fixed up, let's go sledding. Now. Ooh, we'll give your dad a chance to cool off. Yeah! A city boy in the mountains is in for a cold reception? You know, Bruce, I think I get your drift. Kid? Yes? Shut up. Beyond the Night is the GCRN's latest review podcast. We are covering everything in the Knight Rider television universe. From the classic 80s TV series to the 1991 reunion film... Team Knight Rider, ugh, and the 2008 relaunch series as well. So join TF2 and Mike and Dion the Music Man as they go in-depth and Beyond the Night only on GeekCast Radio Network. You can find Beyond the Night in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Good. Yes, Michael. Just keep driving. Is this thing on? Oh, goody. Why, hello there. It's your devil Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself, what could I be possibly doing here of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by GeekCast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Ugh. Join Steve... Mike and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile. And join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. <laughs> movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on geekcastradio.com. I found the photo you asked for, but the painting was worthless. There might be more here than meets the eye. Observing? Observing what? Whatever there is to be observed. Elephants, ostrich, you might even see a new. A new? Oh, what's a new? Oh, not much. What's a new with you? <laughs> I say, I haven't had a chance to use that joke in years. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just 
kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's On Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good No. What about sports? That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's all right. Are you ready for more? Let's go. All right, now that we've heard the words of wisdom, we can talk about the closing of the show here. First of all, with all the PSAs, which we've kind of mentioned a little bit. But the first one was never hide in an unused refrigerator. The second one was about the buddy system. And the third one, of course, was don't skate on thin ice. Now, the buddy system, obviously, that's something that all kids hear about at some point, it seems like. Right. Um, you know, don't skate on thin ice, not applicable to everybody, but decent advice. Yeah. Never hide in an unused refrigerator? <laughs> Who is doing this? <laughs> Who is hanging around places where there's unused refrigerators sitting everywhere? And what kind of refrigerator do you get in and you can't get out from the inside? Well, I can think of if someone locks you in there. Yeah, I've never seen a refrigerator with a lock. Well, I, uh, Especially if it's not being used. Oh, God. And I just don't get that PSA. Like, I understand trying to teach kids lessons, but I'm pretty sure that one didn't help anybody. That's, yeah. And and the only thing I can flash to is is an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit where uh, the guy, Humphrey, because uh, his mother named him after Bogey, mm-hmm. um, uh, he traps one of his victims in a rusted out old refrigerator and he puts a lock around hence why i said maybe if someone locked you in one <laughs> and it's actually not 100 percent accurate because at times what movie was it where somebody hid in the refrigerator and then the nuclear bomb went off or whatever at the uh, test site yeah and then they were fine because they were in the refrigerator yeah i can't remember what movie that is um, I don't so actually, sometimes it is good to be in unused refrigerators. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the PSAs were kind of, I don't know, whatever. Um, going to our ratings, first of all, for the first episode today, which was The Lost Riches of Rio. What are your final thoughts on that episode and your rating? Um, my final thoughts, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I think it helps that we talk each other through some of the plots, not just when we watch and write notes, or but you know by ourselves individually. Uh, sometimes you have to talk an episode out to really have mm-hmm. a feel for it. Um, the plot made absolutely no logical sense. Uh, it was okay. Again, I'm I'm getting sick of hey, let's go to you know. Let's you know where in the world is Miles Mayhem? You know I'm I'm getting sick of that, um, but it, it was all right. I I give it a two. It's not the best in the world, but it's not the worst. For me, this is one of those episodes like I've mentioned a couple of times. It was there was nothing great about it. There was nothing horrible about it. It just kind of like yeah. traveled that middle line. And I wanted to rate it higher, but the welding of the wire <laughs> and the whole landmine detour through jungle type thing at the end really kind of made it so I couldn't rank it as high as I wanted to. Since it was traveling down that middle line, I'm going to give it a three, which is right in the middle. It seems fitting to me, um, which makes us go to the deadly blue slime, the one that you were bored to tears with. I'm afraid to ask. What are your thoughts, final and rating? 
it just it had no real substance to it. I mean, you know, and as I said before earlier in this episode, I am not looking at this series with rose-colored glasses. The only thing that are rose-colored glasses for me is the theme song and that initial team uh, assemblage. Um, th- the rest of it, I'm fully analyzing this stuff, and uh, granted I'm, you know, looking at it as a 32-year-old adult, but still, it's like, it just, it had no, it had absolutely no substance of a plot whatsoever, and I gotta give it a one. Alright, I disagree with you. Um, maybe I'm the only one who <laughs> to see what the commenters think about this episode. I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, I know it's somewhat been done before, and we've somewhat seen it before. Um, but I just thought there was nothing really super bad about this episode. Um, one little glitch here, um, and maybe a minor issue there, but otherwise I thought it was done well. I think the blue slime could have looked a little better visually, but I thought it was cool that, you know, they figured they had to figure out what was the weakness. They had to figure out the salt part. How are they going to do that? They're going to drop it in the water. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just, I kind of liked this episode and I gave it a four. So we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Let's see what we think about of the good old currency conspiracy, sir. Hey, you got the name right at least. I did. I even looked at it while I was saying it so I could get it right. Uh, um, I liked it. I enjoyed it more than the other ones, even though it has a lot of glaring low beams for me as far as, uh, you know, I mean, come on. He fucking radioed my mayhem. That... I, I don't know. Um, I I gave it a three. It's I like it. It's it's decent. It it's it's got a the plot is a little weird as far as the cause and effect of deleting every piece of money in in Germany. But the overall, like you said, you know, having a secondary kind of popular villain outside of just the Venom team using somebody, um, I like that. So yeah, I'll give it a three out of five. I did forget to mention about the Deadly Blue Slime that the only reason I couldn't rank it higher than four, I wanted to rank it higher than four, but I could not have one of my top-rated episodes be titled Deadly Blue Slime. (laughs) Um, So I had to only go with a four there. On this one, I agree with you 100%. I give it a three as well. Um, Decent ideas as far as the villains go. I don't agree with the whole money issue, the lasso from the helicopter, some bad voice work. Bruce should be dead. Just a few too many things that knocked it down for me to the three level. Um, I wanted to rank all three of these episodes a little, little higher, but there was just minor things that prevented me from doing so. So um, with our Rio, we had three and two ratings. With the Deadly Blue Slime, we had a four and a one. And then we agreed with the Currency Conspiracy, and we each gave it a three. All right, so thank you for being a part of Mass Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, Several ways to do that. First, you can visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our posts, including past episodes of Mass Mayhem and this one as well. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do that. We will read the iTunes reviews on air as a part of the next episode, so please do that. Um, Follow us on Twitter, uh, Geekcast Radio, or your Twitter name is... Dave, you and Mike. And mine is Optimus Solo. And you can also become a fan of us on Facebook by going to Geekcast Radio Network, searching for Geekcast Radio Network on Facebook. Um, call the voicemail line. Tell us that you're leaving the episode or a message for Mass Mayhem. Give us something to call yourself, a name, 
would be preferred. The number is 502-526-5821. Again, that's 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Mayhem, and don't forget to join us on our next crusade when we will be discussing episodes 33 and 34, Caesar's Sword and Peril in Paris. I guess we're not going to be in the good old US of A for that one. For now, I'm Optimus Solo with... Dave Jim and Mike. And tune in next time when we take another look at what lies behind the masquerades. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Convert switchblade to jet mode. Surprise, Matt Tracker. It's mayhem. Battle station. Protect the decoder, Bruce. I'm going up. Stacks, ready to fire. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Fire! Each sold separately with action figure. Cover me, Matt. 10-4. Sato's getting away! But you're not, Mayhem. Mask, Switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino, each sold separately, new from Kenner. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 